And we are t -t 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 recording in progress. Recording <laughs> with the one and only Mr. Georgie Porgy Webb on Monday, April 3rd, 2023, at 3.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Guys, if you want to support the podcast, click on the little red button on Rumble. That's uh, that's locals. That's their uh, their Patreon. You can go give me a couple bucks a month because I'm awesome. Or, and it is back up, the merch store is back up. You can go buy original TPC designs like, <gasps> what do I have right here with me? Is this one of them? Yes. It's uh, some weird, crazy pharaoh shit um there is no meaning to it to the occultists that think this is evidence that i'm in the illuminati no it's not for several years before i started the podcast i taught myself graphic design and made a lot of very weird designs and they're on hoodies and if you want to support the podcast you can support the podcast that way but enough with my selfish plugs george how are you doing <laughs> well i'm just thinking about my whole new wardrobe now yes. uh i might go into being a guru you know so it's, this it's, will be cool. i offer that is an option you can get crazy pharaoh designs if if this whole nine to five rat race, you know, Euclidean geometry, you got to get a paycheck, you got to, you know, interact with people and drive on paved roads. If that's not doing it and you want to go at the top of a mountain in Tibet and stay warm, you get a Tommy's podcast sweatshirt. If you're going to drop out of society, I'm all for that. Empty your bank account into mine. Let's just, <laughs> that will be the beginning yeah. of your karma. Get a get an India rail pass, mm -hmm. and, and you're pretty much good to go. Yeah, and I will. You will be the everyone up there is going to be an old like like hand woven shit, and you're going to be in this like Gucci gear, holographic fleece, and you're going to look great. You'll be ostracized, and then probably eventually captured by the Chinese and tortured to death in a reeducation camp. But listen, that's all. That's part of samsara, right? <laughs> Hey, you had fun on your way yeah. on the Orient Express, you know. So, and they'll sing a song about you. So it's yeah. it's fun, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you can be normal and wear a nice collared shirt like George. So, for today's episode, it's it's you said was it, was it re, did I get the title right? Was it reframing or rescheduling? Reframe, reframing remdesivir. So, just to start, and normally I like to say for my audience, but in this case, I am ignorant of it. So, also for me, could you tell us? What remdesivir, I mean, obviously it was a COVID treatment, how safe and effective, you know, as anyone's guess. Could you just define what remdesivir is? It's a therapeutic uh, that first came about uh, for treating uh, Ebola. Um, and it it had a trial and didn't do so well. I think it also had a little mini trial with hep C. Uh, so two uh, viral uh, infectious diseases. And so it's in the category of antivirals. And the reason why something's an antiviral is the virus needs to do a step of a series of things to make more of itself. That's what viruses do. And you're interrupting somewhere in the step. So if it needs to do 10 things, uh, what an antiviral does is breaks the link between five and six or seven and eight or, or cocktail drugs will, like the HIV cocktail drugs, will go after a couple of links in the chain simultaneously so that the um, so the virus can't uh, elude the attack. Gotcha. So, yeah. almost, so almost like sabotage and like a like a manufacturing plant, like a like a silicon chip. You know, go in there and like fuck up one of the conveyor belts or destroy something, and it's okay. You would if you would did the Stuxnet attack of the uh, Iranian centrifuges. You'd probably not only want them to spin out of control. You'd probably also want to present the a display to homer simpson that everything's a okay oh God, that was that 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 attack was so sexy i mean i know it was nation state versus nation state and whatever 
but just on the surface, what a sexy attack. Not only do you destroy it, you tell them that everything is safe and effective. Haas <laughs> Cartwright. Yeah. Uh, look at Haas Cartwright and, and the connections to uh, Peter Strzok. Uh, he's your he's your man in the U.S. Army that did all the cyber warfare. Yeah. You know, forget Shang Shuang Wu. That that guy is everywhere all the time. The cyber hacking tools, yeah. Uh, you know, every once in a while, you have to spill the CIA tools out with Vault Seven so everybody has the manual. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, everywhere all at once. That's that's a fun that's a fun job if you can get it. Uh, you know, breaking things that these hackers do is a lot easier than making things. Of course, it takes a lot more effort. Uh, like. Uh, Taking down an airplane, building an airplane. Well, it, that's that's also why it's more fun. I mean, you know, how many video games are SimCity where you're building cities versus how many... What's the funnest thing to do after you've built a city in SimCity? You hit save as, and then you burn it to the ground. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you destroy the nuclear reactor. You let out all, all the prisons. It's always more fun. So with reframing, what does that even entail? Just repurpose? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. It takes it from one area of use and move it over to another area of use. And that's the whole idea behind the name of Reframe. Uh, it's a joint venture, like a lot of other things in our story here between China and, and the United States. Of course, not between the nation states themselves, but between departments of defense and sub-departments of defense and their uh, uh, Command CDC. Structure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so in between... We both have a common interest to stop a new novel uh, coronavirus or a new novel virus. Hey, let's come up with a computer program that'll quickly go through the existing stock of known uh, therapeutics to see if we already have something rather than make something new like mRNA. Okay. All right. So on the surface, that sounds right. That sounds relatively harmless. Sounds like a good, right? Like JDAMs, Joint Direct Attack Munitions. They're dumb bombs outfitted with little fins and a GPS and rather than remake the stockpile, we just have those. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of repurposing. Yeah. Yeah. For, and it, it is all about repurpose. Sorry. When you sorry to interrupt when you said, um, so reframing, is that the name of an actual program? Yep. Oh, okay. It's I thought, I thought, I thought you were just saying we're reframing. So that's the name of an official program. Yeah, it's both. Uh, so the name of the AI tool is called reframe. Oh, and, uh, it r- ran uh, the department that ran it. It wasn't DTRA, Defense Threat Reduction Agency. It was uh, D. I want to get this right. It's all about uh, securing diplomacy. Uh, so it's uh, uh, it's DSCA. Um, so it's 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 a slightly different department from DTRA, which is coming up with the mRNA and all the other stuff. So yeah, and it's and they're the ones who own the program. Okay, so. so it's, the enlighten the knuckle draggers like me what is the what is the importance of this like why is why is this a topic worth talking about okay you 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 muted sorry i'm going to get the picture of it that's it dsca right there okay defense security cooperation agency security through global partnership strategic plan 2025 yep that's it uh, why is it important? Because if something happens like a coronavirus, you want to be able to quickly respond, get the stockpiles to the people, get it out to CVS Pharmacy, flatten the curve. This might never happen in our history, but just in case, I'm being a little facetious <laughs> because we just lived through it. Just in case, we have Reframe. 
And you're too young to remember the Jay Giles band, but they did a song about this. You're not too young to remember. No, 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 Jay? I don't remember. I was born 1990. I had the, no, yeah, yeah, rings yeah. no bells. They had, a, they had a song called Freeze Frame. Now a lot of the kids are singing this song, Reframe. Okay. Uh, and you hear the song, it's catchy. You don't remember it. So is Reframe new? Is this is this whole program yeah, it's, now? It's pretty new. It's pretty new. Uh, it comes out of, uh, like I said, uh, this securing. Uh, uh, is it global de defense secured I already forgot it too defense it's, they do a good job at making sure they don't roll off the tongue yeah, yeah. they really yes. do well anyway the, the fun part about this story is that um it's really the the place the pentagon moves things from their warehouse to the state department's warehouse okay. so it's kind of like really moving the weapons from our dod warehouse to over to the uh, DSCA warehouse, which is the State Department, and the State Department, uh, for instance, Ukraine, then they decide where to deploy it. Okay, so it's in the bailiwick of the State Department. Most people don't know that. So if you're going to divert weapons, right, the best thing to do is give it over to the State Department first, then the State Department can give it over to Ukraine, and then your Ukrainian billionaire like Kolomoisky can then push it to wherever the wars are and then kick that back that money to you in Congress. Okay. You don't want to be the one who is directly I didn't giving do it. I didn't. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to give weapons to ISIS. I mean, yeah. imagine that. It's like, I'm, right, crazy with that. I, I'm, a, I'm like a year older than all my friends. I guess I was held back or something. And I remember right when I turned 21, it was just like, I'm not going to buy you guys any alcohol. However, for myself, I am going to be buying six gallons of vodka tonight. I'm going to leave it out on the counter. I would hope you don't take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. That was the, that was the deal. Yeah. The Northern, uh, the Northern Alliance in, in Afghanistan and we had El Nusra and all these different fronts, you know, it was always like, ah, oh, I, I left all the trucks running with all the stuff. Oh, I, I would hope you guys don't pick up these stingers. All right. Cause that would be no bueno. Now we're not going to be here. Listen, if you if you shot down Soviet aircraft, that I mean that would be geez. That would be a bad thing. We actually, we actually tracked the stingers to Amman, Jordan, uh, where they were in a truck. They had been trucked over from Benghazi, armed diplomatic security services. Mm -hmm. and they were left running. The trucks were left running when the armed diplomatic security services uh, guys went in to get like a, a meal. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was old or hot or something. I mean, I don't know what it, why they left the trucks running, but then the trucks took off. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> to Syria. Wow. To Syria. Why did that happen? <laughs> it's like Toy Story. If you don't look at them, they come to life and they go away. Yeah, <laughs> I had on a I had on a guy from the DSS, um, Fred Burton, who is also I think the head of security at a uh, uh, one of those private security firms. What was it? Um, Stratfor. I had him Stratfor. on back in 2020. Haven't been able to get in yeah. touch with him since. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so now what, where's the obviously you brought it up for a reason. So what's the importance of that then? So DOD takes it, kicks it to State Department. State Department kicks it to a billionaire. Billionaire kicks it to whatever regions they want. So it seems just like a lot of, almost like the antiviral, multiple chains, multiple steps of where there's plausible deniability at each step. Well, one of the places we went to the DSCA airports was in Columbus, Ohio, and it was the guy on the tarmac is a guy named Jeff Epstein with a little, you know, and uh yeah controlling where the state department weapons go and then his boss les wexner uh is a key individual Victoria's in secret 
And we actually showed limited warehouses where there was Mossad generals, a big supporter of the of weapons train, the sky train going to Israel. And then his uh, pro, uh, mentor was Max Fisher out of Detroit. So it kind of moved from Detroit down to Columbus. So that's a big, important connection for people because most people see Jeff Epstein as sex trafficking, Alita uh-huh. Express, but they don't remember he's on the tarmac there in, in Columbus for Max, for Les Wexner. That's a big one to remember. But the reason why this is important is what if there was sort of a new novel coronavirus outbreak in China and now it's coming to America by all these thousand talents kids are coming to Chinese New Year's and now and Nancy Pelosi is saying, come on now, come on. (laughs) Yeah. And and what if it spread from the Nancy Pelosi's Chinese New Year celebrations? Well, now you need to quickly be able to determine can I repurpose some existing drugs? And the num the so you point this thing sort of like you were a, you had some mechanical CAD background. You point it at a receptor. Yeah, you you were a med school guy, so you point it at the ACE two receptor, and then it spits out in order what the things you should try it in. You know the thing that has the best lock and key match. Okay. So it spits out hydroxychloroquine, spits out ivermectin, spits out remdesivir, maybe and a thing called binding affinities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it kind of looks like this. Uh, you get a readout of the binding affinity to the spike protein and you get a binding affinity. Uh, that's how it kind of works. And so if you read the chart here, you can see uh, ivermectin with the binding affinity to the spike is 9.0. And then there's this other thing called famotidine, which is 6.6. So you're a, a math major. You go, hey, wait a minute, let's go with a nine, you know, like mm-hmm. Greg Luganis or Nadia Comaneci, nine versus six. You don't remember these people. They're old. But, but you know, you've seen it at the swimming or the gymnastics. So the higher the score, the better. Yeah. And that's the idea is that we can quickly go through a list of drugs we've already got. This is from a program that's called uh, Biovia, B-I-O-V-I-A, Discovery Studio 2020. So there's five or six of these different programs, and they spit out what order you should do the investigation in. And there's no, what we're not seeing is the, the profit affinity chart. That also dictates which ones they use, right? Well, so for like people listening, that's that's why, if I if I'm correct, that's why carbon monoxide is so lethal, is it has a much higher binding affinity to your red blood cells or to the iron like ferrous matrix within it than normal oxygen. So if it's if they're both in the same room, you're gonna take that one up so much quicker, right? It's a it's tissue paper versus a log. Like they'll both burn. Which one's gonna burn faster? And so a binding affinity, something like ivermectin. You would take that and say this one's much more effective. However, because there's a profit motive, that's where you see maybe the CDC coming out and slandering an effective, tried and true, safe generic medication by saying you're not a pig, you're not a horse, stop it, right? Yeah, some of these got slandered as horse paste, um, which was ivermectin. The other one, uh, hydroxychloroquine, that was a fish tank cleaner. Um, uh, you may remember Clorox and the, I was so, sort of associated with hydroxychloroquine and that was associated with bleach. So they made fun of Trump mentioning that uh, Clorox type solution, bleach type solution, you know, that he was going to drink bleach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
This stuff really happened, folks. It was in a, a mythical country called the United States oh, of America. Oh, all, and all jokes aside, is it resulted in the million, in the in a million deaths of uh, of Americans? Yes, it did, and yeah. that's why this is still important to revisit. Correct. It, you know, still somehow remdesivir becomes the standard of care. Mm. So hence the title for the show: Reframe Remdesivir. Somebody reframed, you know, like you know, who framed Roger Rabbit? Who reframed remdesivir? Mm. So it's a little bit of a whodunit, and uh, I'm going to be casting for it a little bit later this week. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not going to be. A... I will try out for every position. <laughs> Who reframed Radnesivir is 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 the big question. And to be fair, okay, uh, Remdesivir and Famotidine, which is Pepsidase and all these, are different and operate at a different part of the chain in ant with antivirals. So it's a little bit like comparing apples and oranges by comparing ivermectin with remdesivir because the spike protein is step one. Okay. If they don't attach, then we're done, right? But remdesivir operates further down the chain when the virus is trying to replicate. And so it's probably like five or six. So it's binding affinity is not so important, but okay. it's action later on down the line. It isn't much more important. So I'm not saying remdesivir is a bad drug. Uh, the problem seemingly with remdesivir is in the studies that came forward, there was a high death rate. Um, there's a Columbia study that occurred that started on February 25th, uh, which was 2020, and it ran for about six weeks until about uh, tax day, April 13th. Uh, 1,600 people in it, 15% of the people died. Um Jesus. 238 people died. Now, it could be that they were already uh, on their last legs and this was a last ditch effort. That happens in sometimes with cancer, mm -hmm. compassionate use, they call it. Mm -hmm. but if the person has no other uh, standard of care option available, you're allowed to petition Congress for what's called compassionate use. So it could. I don't know how many of these cases were compassionate use, but still 15% in any kind of study is a big, big number. Well, the problem with the remdesivir story is that Rick Bright, who's the head of an agency called BARDA, which is supposed to do these uh, bio responses to pandemics, went ahead and ordered in January four months supply of remdesivir before we even before we even turned the computer <laughs> for that for that program. Yeah, and so that's the problem here is that it seemed like remdesivir was a foregone conclusion before the trials were ever done. Now, they do reference, it's called the Columbia study. The Columbia study is what I'm referring to. It was done in New York, mainly uh, New York hospitals. But there was studies that also were being done that they referenced in China, that they referenced in the Columbia study. Uh, it was at a, a place called Capital Medical University in Beijing, been around since about the time I was born, 1960. And they supposedly ran two different studies, uh, one for, I think, 10 days or 11 days, another one for 15 days. If it's a 10-day drug, you got to kind of walk it all the way through its 10 days, and then maybe you do it extra one day to see if the patient's improving. If they're not improving by day 15, yeah. Yeah. you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep going. Well, that's Capital Medical University. So that starts on February the 5th. So was there, you know, were there people in Wuhan at the time that were able to see these studies 
and then get that study from Capital Medical University or others that I don't know about to Fauci, to Rick Bright that made them make this decision in January because we know Capital Medical University wasn't the study because they'd already ordered everything in January. So so my, so my, this is kind of like the whodunit. Hmm. You know, I'm the guy out there with the, the beagle and the little town's tooth. The, the, the trench coat and the pipe and the, the cob pipe. Yeah, and I'm trying to find the answer. What led this person to go ahead and not do the regular reframe uh, study and not listen or wait for the trials, but just go ahead and order the remdesivir. Um, and this has a historical precedent. Uh, there, the former head of Gilead, which makes remdesivir, was Donald Rumsfeld in 1997. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> I think you know where I'm going. <laughs> I mean, it's just sometimes like you you wanna you wanna see like the good. And who was who was it? Who was that guy? Was it was it Philip Marshall, George Marshall? Who was that that Marshall, the yeah. guy who was investigating the Pineal Air Park somewhere out in like somewhere out in the Midwest, where allegedly the CIA was training the nine eleven hijackers, and they found him shot dead in the head like ten times, and in the trunk of his car. Well, no, that wasn't Philip Marshall because he did that after nine eleven. No, there was something that happened in the eighties. Then was it Barry Seal? Because no, because that would have been post. Sorry, I'm, post nine eleven would have been that. So because at the time there was some I forget who it was. Maybe it was Barry Seal. I think that was Iran Contra. Uh, well, Barry Seal was murdered in uh, outside the in New Orleans outside the um, Christian Science Reading Room there and the. Uh, and what what year was that? Salvation Army, uh, right around their mid eighties. But Pinal. Okay, okay, sorry, I just wanted to make a point. Then yeah, so it was during the eighties because like he gets killed for like allegedly helping transport like cocaine over the border and it's like well you know is there any clues here and they go into the trunk of his car and on a fold the piece of paper is well there's a phone number well there's a couple billion people in the world whose phone number could oh the personal number of then vice president george hw bush yes sometimes just these facts <laughs> fall in and you can't help but laugh so when you just go donald donald rumsfeld it's just like oh for <laughs> <laughs> I want to well, see the actually, good in the world. They're making it really hard. So, uh, sorry, I keep in interrupting movie, you. In the, no, no, that's great. In the movie, uh, uh, Tom Cruise makes about Barry Seal. Yeah, was going to be called Mina, which was the Ar Mina, Air Arkansas. Park. Yeah, the. Uh, so they call it American Made because he's. This is how you become a millionaire in America: is playing <sighs> drugs. And he actually was sprung from jail. I think it was in Georgia, or maybe it was in uh, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana by bill clinton this is where he got arrested and so you have bill clinton's phone number two. Oh, okay so yeah but Pinal is another interesting story that's because that's out, yeah out in arizona and that's the evergreen aviation airfield out in Pinal, and that's the one that jeff epstein's state department airplanes are associated is that with. the one where is that the same evergreen that the got stuck in the canal that's the same it's evergreen. just a it's just a small world it's just a <laughs> Life's a hoot. Life's a real. <laughs> you know, sometimes somebody forgets something on one of those aircraft carriers or large ships, and they and they don't know that they shouldn't try to turn around oh. in the canal. Yeah. You know, you want to call back and have them bring the toothbrush and fly it to the end of the canal. It's 160 yeah. miles. Yeah, kind of want to be careful. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you're gonna do a Yui in the canal, make sure you're carrying rubber duckies, not underage women in in shipping container and again we're making light of pure evil it's the only way you can is digested is through laughter 
But these are just yeah. funny. Cool. All right, so back to yeah, back to um Gilead, Gilead Rumsfeld. So he he uh, goes on to become the Secretary of Defense for George Bush, as you mentioned, and then we have this speech he makes on September tenth, two thousand one. Says we got we lost two point six trillion somewhere here. Uh, in the Pentagon, and we're going to conduct a search right now. We're going to go into every uh, crevice. We're looking. We're going to find the two point seven trillion. The next day, unfortunately, the Pentagon's hit uh, with in, an airplane in that accounting office. <laughs> in that accounting in, office. In that spot. Yeah, and I mean, Joe Biden also makes a, a speech that same day, saying that the the towers, the twin towers, are going to be hit with planes with anthrax in their belly on september 10th on september 10th and so, so i work so, with it sorry sorry I, so i've never sorry i know you keep interrupting so i've never heard that so that's that would be senator biden correct yeah senator joe biden uh i'll i'll get the clip for you um biden will, 910 9, 10, anthrax i never knew that i'm putting yeah, that, yeah. I'm, I'm putting that in the uh I'm putting that in my index of fun facts. Yeah, it's I'll, I'll pull it up for you here, uh, but it is kind of a fun fact um, because that seems New to be York, very New York Post. Yeah, it gave a foreign policy speech at Washington D.C.'s National uh, Press Club. Wow, the real thought, yeah. The real threat comes to this country in the hold of a ship to belly of the plane or smuggled in the middle of a vial in a backpack. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's the kind of zinger um, uh, story here. Uh, so there seems to be some foreknowledge by um, uh, Rumsfeld, and he seems to be leaking it out to key individuals because they want to get this Bio Shield Act passed uh, in 2004, and plus a counterterrorism for bioterrorism uh, in 2002. But anyway, the, the interesting story is they also stockpile without any reference to any kind of program or any kind of logic or any kind of trials. And they buy all this Tamiflu. Uh, Tamiflu is the antiviral that Gilead makes. And it just so happens they're the only one. And Dick Cheney is taking it on the plane during 9-11. And George Bush is taking Tamiflu. And then the Get stock, of course, soars because everybody doesn't want to be a victim of an anthrax attack. Garrett Graff's book, sorry, Garrett Graff's book, uh, Only Plane in the Sky, about 9-11, is yeah, they go through that. They go through all of Air Force One. They start giving everyone Tamiflu because they're like, we don't know if there was a bio attack and we might not know until it's too late. Sorry, keep going. Well, and you make a lot of money when you leak these things out, right? And then when you have an anthrax attack right after that, um, there's this guy named Stephen Hatfield who's suspected of the attack, and it goes to the House Majority Leader, Senate uh, Majority Leader uh, Daschle, who's doing the 9-11 investigation. And then it also goes to um, Leahy, who's doing the Senate investigation. So, this, so it's not like low-level people. These are the top people being attacked, and those get huge uh, press coverage. So Tamiflu uh, and Gilead stock shoots through. If you bought... Gilead in 1992 when DARPA first started working with Gilead, uh, you got a 10,000 to one return. So, you know, inside stock tip, watch what the insiders have invested in. Watch and do what, what DARPA's they... making. Yeah, watch whatever DARPA's doing. And when they come out with something, get in on it, you know, early. When they come out and 
tell you in some weird veiled conference, they're like the next generation's threats are stop trying to understand it and just find the companies that are seed that they're seeding. Yes. I think that's a very good investment strategy. Rand Paul, uh, his wife did that. And, oh. and <laughs> she, she got remdesivir early on. Oh. And of course they had shut down the factory in Edmonton, right? They, they, they didn't think they would be selling a failed Ebola drug. So she got it for a song and, and then shot up after the, after the attack. So there you go. So, Again, we're you know, despite all of the, and I know I've I've been interrupting you nonstop this episode. I just, I get it. I interrupt me interrupting people, and this probably sounds something like a sociopath would say. Me interrupting is like one of the best compliments I can give because I'm getting excited. Um, but really, what we're pointing out, despite all of our laughter, talking about death and destruction, is this isn't a new idea. This isn't just a bunch of kids smoking pot in a dorm room saying the corporations are taking the money. You know, this is real. They have time and time again. I mean, back to thalidomide during the Kennedy administration. They will 100%. You and I have a hard time believing it, you, George, me, and the listener, because we're all relatively good people. We look at this and go, sure, there's a huge profit margin, but a million dead Americans, that's that's no bueno. There are people that it's hard for us to believe don't look at it that way. They don't. They look at the Hippocratic Oath as just a as a jumble of words that they happen to repeat so they can go through a process. They'll put this in front if it means they can get a ten thousand percent return. They don't care. They'll kill. They'll kill a million grandmas. They don't care. This isn't new. I mean, the oxycotton studies, the suboxone studies, the the Coca Cola and the General Mills paying off Harvard scientists to create the food pyramid inverted how it should have been saying that you need six to 12 servings of grains a day now we look at it and we're like that's inflammation city this isn't new so it is important to lay these things out because we just got out of the most recent incarnation of this of slandering ivermectin hydroxychloroquine vitamin d zinc quercetin turmeric and a million americans are dead Four hundred twenty-five thousand americans died in world war ii over double that and it just happened it, I mean, we're we're still kind of coming. They just in the last seven days uh, took down the emergency coronavirus state of emergency or whatever the fuck. It will happen again if we fail to learn it. Correct. I believe that's the case. And uh, there was another program uh, that was uh, being tried here, so maybe there's some room for error. But they had moved off of this reframe, which had given the right answers, uh, focusing on the ACE2 receptor, and they reframed uh, to a different receptor called the histamine receptors. Mm-hmm. And it was a program called Domain, D-O-M-A-N-E. Okay. So maybe in the shift and shuffle between these two programs, is some things got through that shouldn't have gotten through. But what ended up happening was uh, they put on the fast track the mRNA and on the slow track, they put the repurposed drugs and they're still running the domain studies right now uh, to give you an idea three years later where we're way down the track on mRNA. So, so there definitely was the tortoise and hare thing going on with mRNA and the repurposed drugs. And I think looking back, we might have switched it around and, and H1, H5N1, you know, elections coming. It's always somewhere in didn't, South didn't America. Didn't Biden just say something yesterday about the next pandemic because there will be another? No, he didn't say the next. He said the second, which is a little yes. more ominous. And Bill Gates said the same thing. 
it's coming. I mean, look at your antivirals for flu. I'm not saying Tamiflu is the answer, um, but whatever. I mean, DARPA, uh, Erasmus Lab, we've wrote a couple of books about that. I mean, if you want an investment opportunity, look for the products. There's an, uh, Look for the inhalables. The next generation, I think, is going to be these histamine receptors because, again, domain focused on the histamine receptors. The next, uh, they just came out with a, uh, a nasal-based thing in India. Uh, I think it's called uh, Incovax, uh, I-N-C-O-V-A-X-X. So look at Incovax if you want to maybe a stock tip there. And then look at whatever the Erasmus Lab. The Erasmus Lab has been working on these nasals. There's a malt uh, one that they that you kind of uh, slug down uh, in China. Uh, it, I don't think it's Sinovax, but the same company that made Sinovac makes the malt shake back. But that's the next thing I think they want to get us from the the arm shot yeah. to the to the sniff sniff or the or the inhaler type or asthma type inhaler. <clears throat> There is still something that's like deeply, I mean, I never got the vax. Obviously, that was my own choice. Everyone is entitled to their own bodily autonomy. And I don't, and for people that do, I also don't care. Go do whatever you want. But there is something that's still a little, doesn't sit well in the stomach when you're like, we're th- like we're three years out. We're really, we're, we're 39, 40 months into this pandemic. And like, they're still coming out with new vaccines. And it's like, the what's really going on? I mean, is it, is it just a cash grab? Do they really want something in the arm of every person? Like there's, and I don't have any facts or figures or citations to back this up, but it'd be like, it'd be like if I got a cut on my arm or something, right? And I had a Band-Aid. Or at first I just had like a tissue and I put some like hand sanitizer on it. And then, you know, I go back home and I get a Band-Aid, put a little bacitracin on it. And then, like, a week later, maybe I get, like, a better bandage. But it's, like, a month later, and they're still coming out with, like, these new experimental bandages. At a certain point, you go, no, dude, I'm fine. I got the cuts gone. And they're like, yeah, this get this new bandage. It's only $3,500. I'm like, $3,500? There's a couple, like, fuck off. Get out of here. But there's this weird thing where it's, like, a new vaccine coming to the market, and it's like, COVID's gone. Like, we that psyops over. We're on to the Ukraine war now. That's hot now. It's something's odd, and I and to not just sound like someone's you know, they're putting radio chips in our whatever. No, not that, but something they they want this shit in every person. That there's no denying that, and they don't even have the. They're not even. We're not playing pandemic anymore, but they're still coming out. They're like a new vaccine. It's like, what's really going on here? Is this just profit motive, or they do that? Are they doing? Is this mass like? like guiding evolution of of mankind like what's going on here are they just are they cutting the life the lifespan of people do they really want to depopulate the planet like and i've and i know i'm kind of going off right now but like i've i've hesitated going fully down this rabbit hole for a couple years because i've tried to remain some sort of credibility and objectivity but after interviewing i mean hundreds of doctors and doing hundreds of these episodes like and just looking at all the kind of the historical precedents you come to a point where you're like they want this in every person. Why? Well, my I've written a couple of books about yeah, it. Yes, you have, uh, and those will be available uh, in the description. Go support George. <laughs> well, the, I, I need to rewrite them, but yeah. but the new warfare, especially after nine eleven, uh, is going to be bio warfare. World War DARPA is about mm-hmm. this, and it turns out that you can put a protein 
into these bio agents or bio warfare uh, 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 concoctions to actually change, to do sort of a directed evolution inside the virus. Just changing a couple of the nucleosides uh, in the formulation to create sort of a smart bomb, a MERV bio smart bomb. So it's a multi-headed, mm -hmm. four-headed kind of strategy where it has a hundred mutants. So even if you had stockpiled the right one for the one you expected, okay. you get surprised with this silent smart bomb of a hundred different mutants. And now you have to have the infrastructure of, of an agile, facile infrastructure to be able to quickly um, do countermeasures against all 100. Okay? okay. And if you don't have the mRNA capability and the mRNA platform, and you don't have a big a bunch of people in the private sector that can quickly and agilely create those countermeasures, you're going to be screwed. And that's why I think they have 160 different companies doing coronavirus vaccines, even though, like you say, after you do two or three, what do you need 164? I think they want to develop this kind of national defense capability for fast reaction for this kind of MERV uh, mutant bomb, if you will. That's actually probably that's probably the most coherent answer I've heard. Actually, touche. Yeah, you're right. It's it's you would want. Yeah. So again, kind of, again, like the Mervs, right? You have an anti ballistic missile system. All right. Well, we're just gonna have one that bursts apart into ten different ones, and some of them are decoys. But when you're in space, there's no aerodynamics, so you can't tell the decoys apart. You gotta have a different system, right? You gotta go next step. You gotta go nuclear bunker systems you gotta have backups you gotta have backups of the backups so if we're looking at it's a post 9-11 world we're kind of seeing in my opinion we're seeing the the last the last gasps of traditional kinetic warfare in in russia ukraine it's kind of and i could be wrong but it, we've been just even just look at you know deaths in a war world war ii 425,000 vietnam 58 war on terror 7.5 it's going down and down down. There is a new form of warfare and it's, it's cyber and biological. So this could be the equivalent of like FDR ramping up uh, wartime production, but it doesn't seem like it. Cause we're thinking just like the picture over your shoulder, we're thinking that traditional P 51 Mustang built every 62 minutes, Liberty ship, new tank, whatever we are doing that. It's just not in the, it doesn't seem like it because it's not the, the propaganda of you know the women the rolled up sleeves like making artillery shells instead so in a weird fucked up way this might actually be benevolent like do a yeah. covid because not only sorry last thing before i know i keep interrupting you again but not only in the not only do you want the multiple the manufacturing bases and everything kind of streamlined right so if they do that variant thing we can get all of them but there's also now the social acceptance right we accept that there are or most people that there are going to be experimental things that we might need to shut everything down, that you might need to go home. It's less of a shock, right? You like the, your second breakup is never as bad as your first breakup. You're like, okay, I, I know I'll get over this. I know that she wasn't the only one. There's more fish in the sea kind of thing. Yeah. It's sort of a national uh, defense drill. Uh, the one in yeah. China and the United States. It's just when you choose to run the national defense drill because social distancing, the plexiglass, all, all those things about tag and trace with the phones, um, you know, stay at home, all, all these things are really kind of a national defense drill. If you think about it, 
duck and, and cover. I do think, think H5N1 is coming. Trump signed that executive order uh, in uh, 2019, right after the Wuhan lab shut down on September the 11th. Which order? It was uh, the one. It was the influenza vaccine on September the 17th of 2019. What? Now there's two, two, yeah, believe it or not, it didn't. He didn't sign a coronavirus one. He, uh, I can get whitehouse.gov up and uh, bring it up, but he'll, he uh, basically was being told by somebody on the National Security Council, I'm guessing it's Matt Pottinger because he ran the China desk. Mm-hmm. Hey, two big triggering inflection events just happened with, with a couple of labs that we had a whole bunch of problems with last year. The State Department wrote three three memos about the leaky lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, in 2018. There was a position paper that was written by a guy named Sina Bavari, who had a lab leak of his own at Fort Detrick, saying it's going to come from a bat, it's going to happen in Wuhan, and it's going to spread. So this is kind of how the uh, sort of dark winter machinery works for live exercises. There's the event 201, which seems to be very much a live exercise to get everybody ready. And then we go through all that live with press conferences with the scarf lady and Fauci. So um, I I think that's what they're doing. I don't assign dark motives to this. I know there are people who do, who say population control. I'm not saying that isn't true. Uh, I just think uh, the real thing that's delivered here is more biosecurity, more track and trace. Again, I mean, that's that's a pretty coherent answer. And in terms of nefarious things behind it, I mean, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? I mean, we could say that, you know, 9-11 really was an organic terrorist attack. That doesn't mean that, like, Northrop isn't still going to double dip into the, the cash funds, right? Corporations do that. But you could actually say, like, no, there is a, you know, a reasonable... So it could be that there is a, you know, this is an actual national military drill. This is a a modern day duck and cover birth the turtle kind of thing it'd be it would be silly to think that somebody's not going to also try to get on board with the whole the momentum the trojan horse the whole go fever of maybe try to double dip with my vaccine or the state's always looking to push more you know restrictions on civil liberties your rights but so then so if we're going to walk this idea out say this is actually sort of a protective thing that they're doing get us ready I would then go one step further and be like yeah but it's only because we're the worker bees and they want to make sure that society doesn't collapse it's not it's not I'm not naive enough to go they really care for us no 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 we still have value because autonomy AI and robotic robotics haven't advanced enough they still need they still need us pouring the cement and fucking you know delivering turnips or whatever that's the only reason is because we're the cattle They're I'm taking care of the cattle. It's like, but the cattle are going to the slaughterhouse. Yeah. But I, they got to stay healthy before they get to the slaughterhouse. So like, I mean, I guess I'll take it, but that, I think that's yeah. probably the most accurate. If you look at the investments and the whole idea of directed evolution, there is a way of directing in an automated kind of factory setting versus handmaking cars, you know, assembly line type approach. There is a way to do directed evolution <clears throat> to make uh, vaccines more resilient for mutants. And if you think about the whole Jordan Walker thing, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what all that is about. So the school play here might be to get you starting to think that we need to do directed evolution to be ready for this MERV, you know, smart bomb that's coming. 
Um, and Shuang Wu, the reason why nobody's been able to produce her picture is she plays a key role in the exercise, in the live exercise. She has the patents in the uh, hospital systems where they're doing the, uh, they need to do a huge upgrade the air uh, to, uh, for the smaller particles, the HEPA on HEPA yeah. on HEPA instead of just one HEPA filter. So we need to do some kind of live exercise to put a fly in the ointment, as it were, to get everybody to say, we need to upgrade all the air conditioner systems. Even 9-11 could be justified in this manner if you start thinking this way. We need to hit the building. It has to be some kind of event that says, hey, we need a national infrastructure, a national clandestine service that's always, uh, you know, a million, a million informants. DHS fusion centers. Yeah, to track and trace everybody because this is... This is a threat. Now, the flip side of that is, hey, wait a minute. These guys just want to lock us all down. And when it's time to Auschwitz, that's, you know, it'll, it'll be easier. You know, we'll have animals with the tag on us rather than, you know, the RFID chip rather than running around trying to find out where George is. So there's two ways to look at this, I think. And I don't think either are necessarily incorrect. And then there's that whole like, like that. And like that is a, you and I sound like, you and I sound like GOP damage control people in like 2003. We're like, listen, we had to hit the towers. How the fuck else were we going to get the TSA in there? And without the TSA, there would have been more deaths. But it's like, that's kind of like, there's also that self-fulfilling prophecy of like, we need to preemptively do this so that we can go neutralize all the terrorist cells in the Middle East. But by doing so and droning people, we're making their cousins and their sons become actual freedom fighters who want vengeance on us like i wrote a book here you know less tragedy more hope you can get that i, I don't own it addy ads gets all the money but it's about the lusitania and, mm. and churchill's decision about the lusitania and let's go through you know uh u-boat infested yep. waters let's not have any uh you know uh don't, convoy around them let them you don't know, give them any warnings don't Morning, uh, because we need America in the war. If we don't have the industrial infrastructure, then we're never going to get America in the war. And even though that only happens in 1915 or 16, and everybody says, well, we didn't get in the war right away with Wilson. <coughs> Wilson just waits till after he wins the election yeah. in and then gets into the war. But really, the Lusitania is probably the thing that flips it. Uh, the other the other kind of smoking gun maybe false flag is the zimmerman letter which says hey telegram yes yeah, telegram sorry uh, i was thinking of the dreyfus letter yeah which says hey we got enemies all around us we got to start protecting our ports and whatnot so there you go and just you know for the the sake of of mental uh limberness man, they might not be all that wrong. And, like, I don't like to cede that ground because that just makes you sound like a, you know, a, a cuck for the state, and it's not what I feel. But I'll always try to entertain ideas that I don't necessarily believe because I think it, I do think it keeps you f fresh. Um, maybe you get to that level. Maybe you get to the helm of the nation state and you're responsible for 100 million people and a military beyond, even a small country's military is beyond anything you and I could ever truly grasp like it would be badass if i had a bodyguard imagine having a navy and you're looking at things and you're getting presidential daily briefs and you know threat this and the fucking ai scanning the internet and it's pinging a thousand threats an hour and 
maybe there is like a tough decision where you're like, this is what we're doing. That's, I think, the scariest thing is if they actually are doing what they think is best. You know, John Nash at at Princeton uh, with Game Theory kind of launched this whole way for the DOD to think. And inside the office, the fifth catacomb of the Pentagon with the Office of Net Assessment engaged in this, you know, where you do this advanced wargaming. And it could be that these supercomputers and AI algorithms say, there is only one way for the enemy to go. Therefore, there's only way for us to respond. And it's an asymmetric. If you listen to that Biden speech the day before 9-11, he goes through exactly what you just said. What's more likely? An attack of a you know uh, incoming MERV, which is you know to spend hundreds of billions of dollars or tr- trillions to try to hit a bullet with a bullet at mm-hmm. three different stages, or or an asymmetric attack with a backpack on a train or an asymmetric attack with hit, you, hijacking a plane going into two towers. So we have to do the TSA for the train, uh, for the uh, planes. We have to do the track and trace for all the people for the backpack asymmetric threat. I'm not in a favor of it. I think it's maybe just a self-fulfilling prophecy so a whole bunch of people can get rich, but I am trying to present both sides of the story. And that is, you know, and people often lose their minds when I when I bring up an idea that maybe I don't agree with. They're like, why would you say that? And I'm like, you gotta, you gotta stay limber. But that is, man, that's a that's a hard truth to swallow. Is what if, what if they actually? I mean, think of how advanced, much more advanced, you know, government technology always is. Think of, I always do one thing when I try to like frame it in my mind. I always Google 1964 Cadillac and I pull up a picture of that, you know, big chrome steering wheel, just, you know, no seat belts. And then the SR-71 Blackbird, which took its first test flight in 1964. And I always tell myself those both came out at the same time. One was for public consumption. One was private government function. When you think of that disparity, I then think of what is commercial right now in April 2023. ChatGPT or ChatGPT4 or whatever it's called. You can just punch in anything. Give me a poem about Tommy and George in Zimbabwe and it will spit it out and you can even, my buddy was fucking around with it over the weekend and showing me. He was like, you can even change it. What do you want in the style of Dr. Seuss or do you want in the style of Shakespeare, iambic pentameter? So let's now turn the clocks back 20 years, 25 years. They probably had something equivalent to ChatGPT in the 90s, in some DARPA bunker, maybe you run it out and you go, here are the countries, here are the threats, here are their relative gold reserves, oil reserves, here's you know, here's the climate, whatever, here are the continents, here's the space in between, here are the populations, here are their cultural differences. What's going to happen in 10 years? Maybe they ran a program 99 out of 100 times. It resulted in World War Three, and they found one. They said, if you knock down two towers in Manhattan, you, you will evade World War III. Well, a lot of this wargaming came out of the Rand Corporation in Santa Monica, California, and um, Monte Carlo theory and simulations was the way that they made a lot of this policy. And a lot of things that ended up happening, like s- satellites and the internet and all these uh, blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline. I wrote a I wrote a book called Rand Plan because it said we have to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline if we're ever going to have the financing to do the southern route 
So we cut off Russia's supply. There's no choice. It blows up, you know. So it's it's a it's a good way to play the market, and and if you want to make a lot of money, uh, it, it's it's going to be uh, kind of you, you, they're not making these decisions. Herman Kahn, for instance, uh, starts the Hudson Institute. He was at he was at Rand. Um, he talked about the smart bomb and how the smart bomb was potentially the new way to do warfare, so that you didn't wipe out the infrastructure along with the people. Ukraine, unfortunately, is looking like you say the last little gasps of kinetic warfare. That's why I'm so fearful that the smart bomb is only makes about a football size area of actually kinetic. Everything else is neutrons going out. So watch out. But the only problem is Dr. Strangelove. If you think of it and you think you need to conceive it, you might be ushering in its introduction a lot faster. Hmm. Yeah, you you might be creating the very thing you're trying to avoid, right? Or it might and be there, your what? Well, I was going to say, and there is at least a funny movie. And we'll, if we end on this somber note, there's at least a funny movie you can go watch and see exactly. And it's about the same time the '64 Cadillac comes out. We must not fall behind the mine shaft gap. <laughs> there will have to be about ten women to every man. Yeah. <laughs> It'll have to be of a very highly attractive nature. Yeah, highly attractive nature. You can't make war. You can't make war in the war room. Yeah, man. I mean, or it could be that it's not even that you're bringing about this thing that you're trying to fight. It could be that you are ushering in a new paradigm and forcing the hand of every other nation. And they're going. The United States is doing a false flag bio attack on themselves so that they can rev up bio attack readiness we now have to compete or be left behind. And in that sense, you were forcing them to play on your home court. So that's, that's World War DARPA. That's yeah. the base World War DARPA. Yeah. That's kind of DARPA in general is not to just control the weapons of the future, but to make you play in their stadium. They will always Paradigm be one shift. step ahead. Paradigm shift. Otherwise known Tommy as reframe. reframe. George beautiful beautiful ending he's a professional he's a professional george is a professional i'm not a professional and i got look at who i shirt i bought for you emory? med school kid oh yeah. i got it for you emory emory yeah i was rejected from emory so i actually take that as a massive insult george <laughs> i'm kidding i, I think every... that's right you went to georgia i'm sorry yeah, no i was at the university no emory's in atlanta i got rejected from emory for med school uh i got into miami I think everyone I know got rejected from Emory, which is kind of wild. It's hard to get into Emory. That's a hardcore hard. school. Emory's, uh, I'm following this Dr. Painter who has another COVID thing and his whole, and there's a lot of deep state stuff going on here in Atlanta for another show, for another show. It might've been that I remember I was so tired that I, when I was applying to medical school. I think I applied to Emory pretty shit-faced if i'm remembering correctly that might have been it there's just typos in there i was like the it was like my 30th application that day and i was like why do you want to be a doctor and it was like white coats are badass like probably like who the fuck's this kid yeah no they didn't they weren't i had friends that got into harvard medical school that got rejected from emory yeah emory really is an outreach to the infectious disease Uh, they take a lot of kids from Asia, a lot of kids from Africa. You have to be 
like if you go to the bookstore there, it's all like partial differential equations for fun. You, you know, it's it's not they're freaks. It, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a different level. They're freaks, uh, but they're the kind of people that run the reframe program. So I had to go over there and at least get the shirt to show that I made it over there. You know, they're they're twenty. They also have a monkey lab, Tommy. They also have a monkey they have a lab. monkey lab. Of course yes. they do. Emory, you got the CDC there. You got Georgia Tech there. All doing all sorts of fucking Air Force black op shit. Atlanta's kind of now that I'm thinking about it, Atlanta is kind of a an unsuspecting hub of military industrial, right? I mean. On a plateau, it's defendable. Uh, Chris Ray lives here from the uh, FBI. Really? It's defendable on a plateau, yep. Lark. Von Braun used to live here, and he had... Uh, Werner Von Braun, his great frustration that nobody knows about, um, and we actually were sitting next to people who had said that they had excavated in a radioactive area where there was experiments on the Emory campus. I don't know if it was Von Braun, but Von Braun had a little laboratory, like a David Ferry laboratory in his in his basement because he said the greatest failing of the Nazis was the bioweapons guys. They were supposed to come up with a dispersible anthrax or a dispersible something in little like Christmas ornament, fragile bomblets. And he had the launch vehicle and they were supposed to come up with, a, and they never did. So that's why they lost the war. If they could have threatened London with a bio attack is to his thinking, we would have won. So I did my part and so, so when he gets here to Georgia and then Alabama and then Florida and all, you know, the whole NASA story, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, uh, that's his, that's his focus. And a lot of the things that he leaves behind are sort of like the bio labs at uh, Emory are, are sort of vestiges of Werner von Braun, oh. people who know and worked with him. So it's an interesting, fascinating uh, exploration. Yeah, I always think of like Boston as a military industrial complex center. I mean, New York, obviously, with financing, DC given. But yeah, I guess Atlanta, yeah, Emory, CDC, they do ton of poultry research at Georgia. Georgia Tech's all Air Force, Space, uh, space Force shit. I mean, Hartsfield Jackson, it's like top three busiest airports on the planet. Oh, it's, we have the busiest airport for sure. And then uh, Fort Benning, where all the jump oh, yeah. training, all special forces and then further south uh, there's warner robbins where uh -huh. was that was where the cuba uh, you know invasion was going to be uh so there's a lot of infrastructure around here maxwell air force base air university where they trained the pakistani and, and saudi pilots uh, i followed that story in 2017 so there, i got it all right around here so it's fun to go to all these places and talk to all these veterans and it's so yeah. unsuspecting it's just it's just georgia why don't you come down and have some sweet tea? And it's like, you motherfuckers are doing World War Three in here. Oh, we just eating chicken nuggets. We just praising the <laughs> go dogs. And it's like, we're the weapons. Let's fuck off with the southern homey thing. I know you're building hypersonic weapons here. Yeah, they'll drop that shtick in its millisecond. Bastards. Um, George, let's wrap this one up. Um, guys, go follow George on Twitter. That link's in the description. Go grab his books in the description. Real George Web One. Don't go for the fake George Web account. Go Real George Web One. There you go. My and my Twitter handle is a fake, fake George Web One. You can follow me there. I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of accidental follows. Uh, no, yeah, go follow George. Um, and see you next time. Yes, sir, George. As always, I love talking to you, man. I love you. You're my buddy. Um, guys. Thanks for watching. Reframe. 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 All right, guys. Thank you so much. God bless. George, till next time, Recording brother. Recording stopped. Peace.